from a Galilee outcrop where Jesus first preached that line, blessed are the peacemakers. These are the ones, Jesus said, who would become the children of God. Hard to define, but oh, how we need more peacemakers today. Lack of peace in places of unrest. Demonstrations going for months now in Portland, Oregon. A shooting death the past few days. Kenosha, Wisconsin. A political football is what this has become over the issue of race. The investigation continues into the seven shots that left a man paralyzed from below his waist. Peacemaking is out of bounds as we let politics take first place. And the backdrop for all this trouble? COVID and waiting for a proven vaccine and treatment too. We need law. We need order. We need reconciliation in a time of great divide. Does there seem any hope waiting for Christ's return? You know what it comes down to? There's only one peacemaker, and too many are ignoring him today. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris sharing the great story that's all about Jesus, the great peacemaker. And we're continuing in a series here this first day of September called Homeward Bound. If you're like me, I'm sure you've been thinking a lot about the end times. With so much violence and pestilence, how could we not? And when we look to the book of Revelation, our minds are drawn to a battlefield. The army of the evil one, lined up and ready for combat. The army of the Lord, marching forward, certain of conquest behind their victorious commander. Armageddon, the battle to end all battles, the great tribulation. Each of these phrases comes from the book of Revelation. And if you've read the Left Behind book series or seen those movies, you know how popular they are. It makes sense. These images are powerful. They're striking. They make us feel like we're engaged in spiritual combat against the forces of evil. But this isn't all that the book of Revelation is about. It's not about giving us war strategies. It's not about conspiracy theories about mysterious chips or barcodes or underground political regimes. To put it simply... The book of Revelation is about going home. It's why we're calling our series this week, Homeward Bound. In a moment, we're going to hear a special presentation of Revelation 6 by Karen Heimbach. Powerful words, and I think you'll better understand how they directly encouraged the first Christian martyrs. But even today, God's word will encourage you and me to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus and to look forward to going home and being with him. After the program, I'd like to send you a copy of Karen's double CD set called The Revelation. She was led by the Lord to memorize the entire book of Revelation with the cinematic London Symphony Orchestra behind her. The portion of scripture I was reading that day was, I was starting with the book of Revelation, and even though I'd studied it in Bible college, I was reminded yet again, you just get down to the third verse of the first chapter, and it says, blessed is the one who reads the words of this prophecy. I thought, well, I know how to do that. And then it says, blessed are those who hear it and take to heart what is written in it because the time is near. And I thought, well, goodness, a lot of people are not hearing it because they're fearful of the book. They're afraid they're not either not smart enough or it's too much about doom and gloom instead about praise and worship of Jesus. And so um, I thought, wow, oh, this could be great. I mean, what gets any bigger? Nothing's any bigger than the book of Revelation. I mean, the end of one world and the beginning of the next where this earthly life meets, you know, eternity and where 
Jesus is seen by all as the conquering king. And so I thought, oh, this, this would be, this is where the blessing is. There's a guarantee of blessing here just for reading the book, for hearing it, and for obeying what you do understand. And so I thought, maybe I could be a voice that could uh, tell the story of the book of Revelation. Why don't you get in touch after the program? Make a minimum gift to the ministry. We'll send you a copy of the Revelation as our thanks from this Lister-supported ministry. Your generous gift is always a blessing. Why don't you call us after the program at 800-654-2836. 800-654-2836. Or go online and check out a short feature on our website on the making of the Revelation Project, and then you can make your gift. Come to us at haventoday.org. Haventoday.org. And now I'd like us to be reminded with a song by Salem, People of the Cross. Home, we're heading home. We journey on to see our Savior face to face. Close, we're getting close. Our joy is rising higher with each step we take. Forward onto Jesus. We are the people of the cross. We choose Christ and count all else as lost. We won't be shaken. Hope won't be taken. We are the people of the cross. Grace, if not for grace, we would be lost without the promise that you gave. Praise, be ever praised, your spirit burns within us brighter every day.
This is Haven Today. You've joined me, Charles Morris, for a program called Homeward Bound, and we opened with Selah's People of the Cross. The book of Revelation is about the Lord's faithfulness to his people through history. And all week, we'll be sharing stories from history that show us what living the homeward bound life looks like. You know, we hear a lot these days about rights and liberties, but we can forget that we're citizens first of the kingdom of God. We have rights and liberties there that far outweigh anything we might enjoy here. Revelation was written to struggling Christians. It was written to encourage them to hold fast to the Lord, to trust in Him through pain, to walk with Him as He leads us home. Is that you today? Struggling? Maybe suffering? Revelation is still for you. The Apostle John wrote it while he was exiled, but as he was receiving this revelation from the Lord, John saw one of his distant disciples. I'm talking about Ignatius of Antioch. History telling us that John was a personal mentor to Polycarp, who was a close friend of Ignatius. Ignatius might have even known John at one point, but John saw him as he was writing Revelation. In chapter 6, John sees this group of those who were slain because of the word of God and their testimony. Stephen was there, the first martyr. James was there, beheaded for his faith. And Ignatius was there as well. Let's hear chapter 6 together. Karen Heimbach from the Revelation double CD. I watched as the Lamb opened the first of the seven seals. Then I heard one of the four living creatures say in a voice like thunder, Come! I looked, and there before me was a white horse. Its rider held a bow, and he was given a crown, and he rode out as a conqueror bent on conquest. When the Lamb opened the second seal, I heard the second living creature say, Come! Then another horse came out, a fiery red one. Its rider was given power to take peace from the earth and to make men slay each other. To him was given a large sword. When the Lamb opened the third seal, I heard the third living creature say, Come! I looked, and there before me was a black horse. Its rider was holding a pair of scales in his hand. Then I heard what sounded like a voice among the four living creatures saying, A quart of wheat for a day's wages, and three quarts of barley for a day's wages, and do not damage the oil and the wine. When the lamb opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth living creature say, Come. I looked, and there before me was a pale horse. Its rider was named Death and Hades was following close behind him. They were given power over a fourth of the earth to kill by sword, famine, and plague, and by the wild beasts of the earth. When he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain. Because of the word of God and the testimony they had maintained, they called out in a loud voice, How long, sovereign Lord, holy and true, until you judge the inhabitants of the earth and avenge our blood? Then each of them was given a white robe, and they were told to wait a little longer until the number of their fellow servants and brothers who were to be killed as they had been was completed. 
I watched as he opened the sixth seal. There was a great earthquake. The sun turned black like sackcloth made of goat hair. The whole moon turned blood red. And the stars in the sky fell to earth as late figs dropped from a fig tree when shaken by a strong wind. The sky receded like a scroll rolling up. And every mountain and island was removed from its place. And then the kings of the earth, the princes, the generals, the rich, the mighty, and every slave and every free man hid in caves and among the rocks of the mountains. They called to the mountains and the rocks. Well, there aren't too many one-syllable words that can describe what we just heard. I'll use the word wow. And I'm not just talking about Karen's performance with that amazing score of music underneath her. Those words and what John saw, it's enough to make your jaw drop. Jesus wanted people to know that many will die for his name. But he also wanted them to know it was going to be all right. So back to a man named Ignatius. It was around 100 A.D. when he was arrested and then condemned to die. He was living in Antioch, preaching and teaching the word, watching the Lord work powerfully in his community. But just like so many today, he was captured and sent to Rome to die. Everything we've written, everything we have written from Ignatius, seven letters in all, was written on this journey to Rome to be executed. But here's what's powerful. Ignatius was not scared. He wasn't bitter or angry. He was going to Rome to die. But Ignatius knew he was actually going home. In his letters, he frequently asked the churches to pray for him, to pray that he not lose his focus on the Lord. He asked the Lord to protect him, May nothing entice me till I happily make my way to Jesus Christ. He was in chains on his way to die, but in his mind, he was simply on his way home. How many of us live life this way today? So focused on our Lord and being with him that we willingly lay down our earthly freedoms so we can enjoy our heavenly freedom all the more. Ignatius knew what was coming. Brutal death. He said, I am God's wheat, and I shall be ground by the teeth of beasts, so that I may become the pure bread of Christ. The Roman Empire put Christians in the Colosseum for entertainment. Forced to face hungry wild lions and bears, it was savage, state-sponsored violence directed against believers. Ignatius knew what was coming, but he wasn't worried. He told people not to try and stop it. He was homeward bound. He couldn't wait to see his Lord. Now, I'm not going to say we should go out and try to be martyred for our faith. Ignatius' bravery in the face of death may have been a little extreme, but there's something there for us, isn't there? In an instant, Ignatius went from abused and persecuted Christian outlaw to a member of a royal troop of faithful soldiers. He joined Stephen, James, Paul, and the rest of Christians who had been killed for their faith. He joined them saying, How long, O Lord? And that should be our cry as well. 
Ignatius welcomed persecution against himself because he knew where his home was. But that doesn't mean he was celebrating the grotesque injustice and violence being done in his world. This cry, how long, comes from heaven. Have you ever thought of that? We always think that going to heaven is our true home. One glad morning when this life is over, I'll fly away, as the hymn says. But these martyrs for the faith were crying out to the Lord in heaven. How long? It shows us that our true home is what we find at the end of the story. The new heavens and the new earth coming down in dazzling glory. The city of the Lord where we need no sunlight because the Lord is our lamp. The heavenly city where persecution and injustice are no more. Where all our tears are wiped away. That is our home. And so we join our voice with Ignatius all those many years ago with all those who've been put to death for their faith through the centuries. How long, O Lord, until you bring us home at last? How long until you establish perfect justice and righteousness in our world? If there's anything we've learned in the year 2020, it's that life is fragile, it's a vapor, and that our world desperately needs righteousness, not self-righteousness, but the righteousness of Christ our Savior. So you and I can cry out, how long? You and I can turn our eyes to the one who can save us from our own sin. But we don't have to stop there. We open our mouths. We speak to our neighbors about the Lord. We acknowledge the brokenness and injustice all around. And we long together for the day when we are finally home. This is the message we need today. We're homeward bound. And because the Lord is faithful, we know. We'll make it safe, and we'll make it sound. Join me now. Take a moment to pray. Lord, many of us have just quit reading the news, and hopefully we've quit watching the news even as well. But Lord, may we not quit watching for your return. We need Jesus to come again and come again soon. That's our prayer today. May we not let ourselves get entangled in the viciousness that's going on all around us, in the trials that people are undergoing right now, the doubts that seem to overwhelm us. Lord, may we remember your first coming and not forget it. May we not forget and lose sight of our salvation that comes through Christ alone. And may we keep praying together, his people, come quickly as we ask how long. I pray this now in the name of Jesus. Amen. When you abide with me, I fear no foe, no bitter tears could ever shake my soul. Though arrows fly, though terror rings, I will not fear for you abide with me. When you abide with me, my worries bow, you are my comforter in every hour. Those sorrows around.
like raging seas. I will not fear for you abide with me. Never forsaken, my strength will ever be found in the hope that's taken hold of me. My soul will sing, for you abide with me. When you abide with me, my heart finds rest. My life is hidden in your righteousness. Hell has no power. Death has no sting, and I will not fear for you abide with me. My strength will ever be found in the hope that's taken hold of me. Through light and darkness, my soul will see, for you abide with me. When you abide with me. I overcome through flood and fire the victories won. I stand secure in joy and peace forever yours. For you abide with me forever yours. For you abide. With me, through light and darkness, my soul will sing. For you abide with me, Travis Cottrell, and abide with me on Haven Today in a program called Homeward Bound. It is my prayer that this week. You and I gain a better appreciation of the book of Revelation to see how this book is less of a code to be unlocked, to be figured out regarding how things will end in this world, but rather a letter written to encourage the church of Jesus Christ and Christians in his church to be excited and ready for his return. And that's why I want to send you Karen Heimbuck's two CD set called The Revelation for your minimum gift to the ministry. As you heard when we played Revelation chapter 6, the production features the music by the London Symphony Orchestra. In many ways, it's like watching a movie in your mind as you hear the music and listen to Karen dramatically recite word for word the powerful story. I know it will bless you as you listen, because the Bible promises that it will. Call us right now at 800 654 
800-654-2836. And get your copy of The Revelation today. Or you can visit us online and hear excerpts from this special project. And when you're there, don't miss the little feature about the making of The Revelation Project with Karen talking about the project with behind-the-scenes footage of Karen recording in the studio. Just go to haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. And before we go, if Haven Today is a blessing in your life, would you pray this first day of September about becoming a Haven partner? These are friends of the ministry who agree to pray regularly and give automatically monthly to help partner with us to share the great story. Ask about becoming a Haven partner when you call or read more online at haventoday.org. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks for being with me. Won't you come back again tomorrow? When again, we'll turn back in history and see that the great story is all about Jesus. And we'll do it together here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with God, this is David Wolin with Haven Ministries inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. Light and dark are often used to describe spiritual things. It's intuitive. We all know that light is good. Light keeps us safe. It reveals things otherwise hidden. And what are the things that people want to keep hidden? It's things that are evil and shameful. For that, darkness is the great concealer. But light and dark are not equally powerful. If you mix light and dark, the light wins every time. Light always expels darkness. And Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. You can receive Anchor Devotional delivered in print every month. Just visit GetAnchor.com. That's GetAnchor.com.